Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I am Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic, also based in Orange County, and I also use she, her pronouns. Today, we're talking to Amber Purcell. Amber, welcome to Birth Reimagined. How are you doing today? I'm doing really great. It's really nice to be here with you all. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am a newborn care specialist, and I work with infants um, in the birth world. It's where I am. have built my career and I feel very at home there. It's really quite fun what I get to do. And um, I'm stoked to hear that you are both from the LA area and that's my home base also. And uh, I I love working with infants and bringing them home from the hospital with new parents and parents that have done it before. In fact, today, everyone, I got really big news. The triplets are here. The next family I get to help out, they have arrived. I just got the email with their names and their weights. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's great. That is so cool. Triplets, that is that is not that common. That is really awesome. Yeah, thank you. It's um my second time working with triplets. Really? Second? That's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so those triplets that arrived today, uh, the parents did something really fun. It was quite hard when there's, you know, multiples in there, more than one baby, to tell what the sex is going to be. And they uh, they knew one was a boy and the other one was a girl. And then one was being very elusive, just didn't want to share that kind of information. And so it was a surprise. And so here I am over here trying to figure out how to crochet a blanket. And um, I just went with all really lovely yarn that uh, could go anyway for boys and girls and just keep them cozy when we bring them home. We ended up having two girls and a boy. And by we, I mean the client, not me. I am actually not a mom. That's really awesome. So, Amber, what is it about birth that has always lit your fire? What are you most passionate about? Something really magical happens uh, through birth and through the process of creating those bonds and relationships in a family. And it's really tender in the postpartum period. And so much has happened in birth. And for me, the magical moment is, is watching the parents find success and find their groove and get through the the tricky and very real moments of becoming a parent those first few weeks and months that they face and i get to to witness that i get to i'm honored enough to be there to kind of stand alongside them and and really uh, just hold space for them so that that feels really good like i i get to go into people's homes and they really trust me with their kiddos. Oh, I love that so much. Um, so we wanted to talk with you today about leveraging our strengths. So can you kind of start by telling our listeners what that means and 
and how, you know, how we kind of do that. Leveraging your strengths um, is you kind of have to know everybody that's on your team. And the birth being that transformational process, it's you, you don't really always know what's around the corner. You don't know what you're in for in the postpartum period often. Um, and birth is like super glamorized nowadays. So um, I like to to get real with the clients and ask about what their expectations are. So the first thing is similar to like a consent conversation, you know, what do you want to see happen? What are your goals and objectives? And so you have a very open conversation, um, me with the, the new parents, um, then the parents with themselves have to have that conversation about what they're looking for. And then you get really basic. That's the first thing I ask them to do is get really, really basic. What are your primal needs? You need to sleep. You need to eat. And you need to go to the bathroom. Not to make this all about potty talk or anything like that. But um, we get that, that base, those basic needs covered. And then we kind of expand out from there. If someone's really good at cooking, if... Um, you know, the, the biggest relief is to not see that pile of laundry anymore. Well, then it's, it's really about delegating, um, the tasks at hand. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of intuition that's used in, in meeting one another's needs. Um, cause you kind of just kind of, you know, find out how can you make anything easier for the new parents, for the new mom, for the new dad. And, and they have to get real with themselves about the process that they're going through and what their expectations were before and how to, uh, to see those needs met. I like that. That's something we kind of touch on here on the podcast kind of in various ways. When we talk about building your birth team, we're talking about, you know, figuring out what it is that the birthing person or their partner needs help with and how can they meet those needs through outside help if it's something they can't do their, themselves or meeting those needs by getting the skills and, and training ahead of time so that they're prepared okay, you don't know how to change a baby's diaper. The first time you learn how to do that shouldn't be, you know, after the baby's born. You should take a class ahead of time and learn how to do that and practice on a doll or something, you know, before you're thrown into it. So, you know, leveraging strengths, leaning into what you're good at can can be so vital in that postpartum period. Absolutely. I can give you an example. Um I have this wonderful client that uh, I was their like random agency th threw me out there to babysit for them while they were coming through town. And it was a day that I, I wasn't taking um, a new parent or a new postpartum client. And we just really hit it off. And I got to travel with them to Munich. And I started, they brought me on as their maternity nurse, which is basically what I do, but that's what they, they call us over in the UK and I started to do the laundry and I started to take out the trash and I started to do all these things and the mom said to me she said no shh, put, put that down no, no 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 you're not doing the laundry no you don't take out the trash no you don't take the dog for a walk my husband is quite jealous in a way that I'm not he's not able to give all the cuddles and to breastfeed and to do all these things 
um, that really just for the mom during that period. And the, uh, I had to leave all of those other jobs for him. <laughs> he had to step in and, and that's where he felt that contributing to the team of the family, um, was where he could really support his wife. And, and I was not going to step on those toes. Like if there is something that is working, if it's not broke, don't fix it. There's, <laughs> if it's working, if you can't make it better, leave it alone. Yes. I know um, after I had Charlotte, my older kiddo, um, some of my relatives didn't understand that, you know, I was breastfeeding around the clock with this kid. She just wanted to nurse all the time. And so Jeremy and I had kind of made this deal of if I do the input, you do the output. And so we were at some family function for like Mother's Day or Father's Day, like, you know, a couple months after I'd had the baby and all of my uncles, it's all my dad's brothers. They were just like, what do you mean you're changing diaper? Like she's right there. She can change the diaper. And I was just like, no, no, it's fine. We've got this. And Jeremy told them he was like, no she does the input she's got the baby all day long I deal the output when I'm here like if I'm around and I'm not at work I'm changing that baby's diaper and my uncles you know from a different generation they just did not understand Jeremy changing a baby's diaper but that was his way of of feeling involved and and being a part of the team and funny things happen um, on on the changing table outside of, you know, what you find in the diaper. But like when you're there and you're looking at this little baby, you have a moment to connect and provide care. And that can be really empowering for a new parent. Like it's important to change the diaper and do a good job about it. Um, so, yeah. And isn't it just so, so silly, those, those little those stereotypes that have like have cascaded along the generations and, and and I feel like being a change maker in the birth world and being like, no, 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 we're all on this ship together. Um, let's do this together. And there are plenty of clients where they're just like, oh no, here you go. And they hand me the baby every time. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. That's fine. That's my role. Um, but when, when parents want to get on board with it, I am all about it. Uh, in the last year, I uh, put out a little video of how to give a baby a bath. That can be really scary in the first couple of weeks, you know, the few baths that you're going to give them. Um, and no, nobody really talks about that. And, and, and how do you handle an infant in water? You know, and what, 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 what parts are, are, are you supposed to clean and, 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 and in what order, you know, like what's important to know here? How do you keep them comfortable? And the, the bottom line about keeping them comfortable is they're never comfortable when you take them out of the water. If you're heading into birth anytime soon, any of these listeners right now, it, it's, it's always no fun when you take them out, just forewarning. But if you have um, a, a care provider like myself or a second uh, uh, set of hands, like your partner can do it, that frees up uh, a breastfeeding mom to maybe go pump, to take a shower herself, to find a snack. So there's so much, like you said, with breastfeeding Charlotte, you're feeding around the clock. And I love your division of input and output. That's genius. I'm going to run with that. So we really just come together as a team. Teamwork is what I want to support in these families. 
so we're talking a lot about like after like post birth what about, what about before birth or even during birth um what ways can like these kind of these tricks of the trade sort of help during those times I actually, um, everything pre-vaginal exit, I'm not there. So I, I just, once the baby comes out, I swoop in. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm just postpartum, um, and infant care. And I mean, believe you me, I would like to go that direction. Um, I, I like to, to tell people that I'm regressing back into the womb. I'm just going backwards. I used to take care of toddlers and now I take care of infants um, and, and then newborns and, you know, and, but to prepare for that period, there's some really great books and you all have had some great speakers on your podcast who are listening to this on our road trip recently. And my words of advice to prepare for the postpartum period is to ask yourself some actually some some really tough questions you need to get really real about how you've gone through moments of transition in your life before think about that think about and not to get real dark but if you've ever lost anybody if you've ever like had to grieve if you've ever lost a huge job or a huge promotion or had a really difficult move or something like that, how did you deal with that? How did you balance the emotions and the way that that taxed your body, your physical body, your mental um, outlook? How did you take care of yourself and how did you make it through that point of transitioning a period of transition it's not just like a turnaround 180 like oh i made it and now we're going that way no it's a long process and there's so many hormones that are just charging through the body after birth and it can be quite confusing for new moms and the 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 birth education classes are one thing they're great. Take all of them. Choose a method. Don't choose a method. Take one class. Take seven classes. Whatever you want to do. Um, educate yourself as much as you can on what it is to take care of the baby. Like you said, you want to try changing the diaper at least once. I'm sure once in the period of time that you knew you're pregnant, there's probably a toddler around or somebody in diapers that you could be like, hey, how does this work? But more so for those first few weeks, Get really basic about what your expectations are and your needs are. And then go from there. Give yourself a lot of space. Allow yourself to not know what's going on and to know that that is okay. And I'd say even during the pregnancy period of that, you can kind of piggyback on that idea of getting real with yourself and you can sit down with your partner or, you know, if you have a postpartum doula lined up, sit down and talk to them. Let them know, like, here's the things I'm good at and here's the things I'm not good at. You know, if I if I had known to have a postpartum doula, I would have said, you know, up front, I am not good at cooking. That is not something that I'm good at on my best day. And I know after having a baby, it's probably going to get even worse. You know, you get distracted easily and things like that. But, you know, sit down and, and think about the things that your spouse is good at um, because those things are going to carry over 
during pregnancy, during labor, during the postpartum period, um, Jeremy was a high school pole vaulting coach at the time that I was pregnant with Charlotte. And so we took Bradley method classes thinking, oh, it's, you know, partner coached birthing. This will be perfect. We did not sit down to think about the fact that while he is a fantastic coach for, you know, high school age kids, um, he was not a good fit to coach me personally. Um, I was definitely the more assertive one in our relationship. He was definitely more passive in our particular dynamic. So in hindsight, probably wasn't the best method for us, but we hadn't sat down and gotten real with ourselves about that dynamic and about what he, what he would actually be bringing into the birth space. And, and if we had, we probably would have gone with a very different method of of birthing classes and things like that so sitting down and talking about you know strengths and weaknesses it's it's not just you know what are you good at around the house but it's also you know emotionally what are you good at handling um and and mentally what are you good at handling what you know what is your personality like and and things like that there's so many more components to it you know what i think is um really important to recognize when you're going through that period, um, especially as first-time parents, is that it is your first time. So what what do you know how to do? Like, and and how, how good are you when you're like lost in a car and the other person who's not driving also doesn't know how to read a map? You know, it's, it can be, it can be really frustrating and crazy making. And it can be like, no, I told myself I was never going to do that. I was never going to breastfeed the baby to sleep. Like, well, okay, so you read that in a couple of sleep training books. The kiddo is two weeks old. We're not going down that route right now. Um, something I ask, I like to remind my, my new parents when the, the moment feels really tense and like you've got to make a decision. I just kind of like shrug my shoulders and go, but does it really matter? And that can seem kind of flippant, but I really just want to ask them to use that moment, take a deep breath in the grand scheme of things. Does it really matter? Do you have to give that attention right now? Does, does the laundry have to be folded? Um, is it crazy that the baby is eating more than two hours apart or less? No. Does it really matter? No. Um, and do we know if it doesn't matter or not? Like if it is important, we don't know. But we are all of us are involved in this pretty high stress pace of life uh, where you're trying to hit the mark all the time. And how we view ourselves as parents really comes out and you start to like critique yourself. Like, am I doing it right? Can I do it wrong? And I'll say something like, you know what, it's okay if they're four months and they aren't sleeping through the night. I'm certain they're going to do it before college. Don't worry. It's fine. You know? Or they're, they're totally freaking out because the little one won't latch. Um, and they really, really, really wanted to breastfeed. And um, so... What I did is they were like, well, we'll do the formula, but oh, and then you're really stressing out. Like if you introduce the formula, they're going to have 
they're gonna have nipple confusion. Oh my goodness! And and then I'm not gonna be producing as much. And I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Don't think that far ahead. Just think, I need to feed this baby. So how are we gonna do it? That's that's one fork in the road. Bottle, breast. All right. Okay. So you chose breast. Okay. Cool. Um, it's hard to get in the latch. He had a kind of short latch. Um, and he was, you know, it's also frustrating. The baby's yelling. You're wondering if your boobs are even going to work. Cause this is the first time they're doing this. And so I had the bottle and the mom was like, no, we said breastfeeding. You can't do that. And I just took the, a little bit of formula and I sprinkled it right on her nipple. And then it kind of got into the baby's mouth and the baby was like, oh yeah, food and latched. And then boom happened success but we had to like take a moment and not criticize ourselves while we're making these decisions just go with the flow and cheat cheat as much as you can like honestly this is like the hardest thing you're probably going to do is bring a person into the world and then sustain their life outside of your body possibly with your body or a whole dishwasher full of dishes so, like, give yourself some space. Like, give yourself any shortcut you can. Give yourself any credit you can. Yes. And I think it's really important to remember also that this isn't just your first time going through this. This is also your baby's first time doing any of this. They literally have no experience to draw on except pure instinct. Like, that is straight up all they've got. Um, and so I know, you know, for Teddy, Teddy had a really hard time latching. Teddy had a really, um, a really tight upper lip tie. That upper lip was pretty much strapped down to that top gum line and had a very difficult time getting that like big deep latch that you're talking about. And so we used a nipple shield for like six months and people tell you like oh you should only use it for like a month or two or for a couple weeks just until you know what and I'm like nope I'm gonna use it as long as this is painful I'm gonna use it until this kid weans if I have to what does it matter it's not gonna it's not gonna seriously be detrimental to the child so okay, I'm, I'm going to let it go a little longer and a little longer. And, you know, finally we were able to wean off of the nipple shield. But seriously, that tiny little bit of plastic saved my entire breastfeeding relationship with that kid because I would not have been able to continue without it because it was just too painful. Right. And so, like, where does this idea that you need to do it differently even come from? Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, if it's working for you, roll with it. When I come in to hang out with families, and let's say I'm not there from birth, I'm there, like, later on, and they're like, we want to we wanna feed less during the night. We're pretty certain that the little one is getting calories only at night because they love to eat while they sleep. And I'm like, don't I love to eat in bed? Like, come on. We, it's the best thing ever, you know, just lay there and eat. I don't want to rob them of that experience, but fine, hire me, I will. And, um, and so then the next thing I ask them is, well, what is the day like? You know, how are we getting calories during the day? What are those awake periods like? And we just kind of just meld together and troubleshoot. And I can tell you no plan or 
piece of advice I give for a community from one to the next is the, is the same. Because like the teddy, one will be using a nickel shoe. The other one will be doing pumped milk. The other one will be doing formula. Um, or, you know, we're, we're dealing with medications or um, colic or anything like that. And we, we have to just kind of take the whole big picture and in the grand scheme of things, little things actually don't matter. I'm sure he didn't, he's not bringing the nipple shield to college. <laughs> no, Teddy will not be bringing the nipple shield to college. We're good on that. Um, but I think another part of that is also if you're a subsequent parent, if you've had another kid before, you may want to do things the same or you may want to do things different. That next kid, every subsequent kid is going to have a mind of their own. They are going to do things their own way. They're going to need things that are just completely different than what you thought or what you did the first time or, you know, and yeah, that going with the flow can be such a lifesaver it's so important to you know circling back around what are your needs you need to eat you need to sleep you need to go to the bathroom the same is true of your newborn of your toddler of your preschooler of your high schooler that is every human being's basic needs figure out a way to meet those basic needs everything else is gravy Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. And who doesn't love gravy? <laughs> I think a lot of it, though, being um, how, you know, there are all these books out there and they all have different advice. And some things, mm-hmm. you know, come like from wives' tales passed down from grandparents and, you know, gr- grandmothers you know, from their family. And, and some of it is research based. And it's just, but again, you still need to you know, find your groove. And yes, of course, there are things you might need to see a specialist about. Like for Teddy's tongue tie, there might have been some, like, I mean, if it was really, really severe, might have had surgery or just like stretching. Um, but it was still, it worked out, you know. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. go with the flow, you know, but don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, that, that balance of, you yes. know, little things, you know, little things can be eased up on, but you still want to, you know, you know, make sure that when something you, when you and your gut feel something's off, ask someone, you know, find a professional, find a lactation consultant, you know, do you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're still, you're, you're, you're not alone in this. You have people around you who can give advice and who can help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to like stock up your team, you know, you have to have, the people that you trust and and at this that you like their advice and at the same time that you feel okay and vulnerable enough asking like you might go before you ask like have this unsettling feeling of like oh my gosh I'm admitting I'm a failure you were never a failure you are in uncharted territory with a foreigner who doesn't speak the language like it's like this little person that you're you're hanging out with that that you brought into this world they, they like, like you said, Elf, they're brand new. They know nothing. And so it's okay to, to, to ask for help and give yourself like a pat on the back when you do that. Um, and even talking about like the, the feelings, like I'm, I'm referring to that happened before that of like uncertainty and like, eh, can I do this? Uh, 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 it kind of chokes up in around you. And then you feel like, ah, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? And then you get into that panic mode. I support the pause 
the pause is where you just take a moment, take one really deep breath, and then move forward. Just one pause when your when your little one is screaming and you can't get them to latch, or they're having a colicky episode, or you know your partner has just kind of been like, I gotta tap tap out, and you're like, oh, I feel really alone right now. Take a pause. And then you reevaluate, get back to those basics, and then move forward. Yes, I love the pause. One of my favorite breathing exercises, and this is one that I talk about, you know, anytime somebody comes to me and they're starting to, you know, go down that downward spiral of, of panic attack, anxiety, freaking out about, you know, whatever it is. I start with a really, really basic breathing exercise. It's one that everybody can do. It's you inhale for three and you exhale for six. Mm. And if you can do it a little longer, inhale for four, exhale for eight. So you inhale half as much mm. time as you exhale. And what it does is it's it psychologically, physiologically tricks your body into thinking you are calm and you start releasing those hormones, those calming hormones. Because mm -hmm. when you get anxious or panicky or nervous, your breathing accelerates. And so your body releases adrenaline to combat that and to, you know, assist you in that fight or flight response. And it isn't until you start taking those deep breaths and slowing back down that your body stops producing those hormones and starts helping you calm back down. Um, so it's a super simple exercise. I use it every single day with my children. Anytime they start acting up, I start taking deep breaths so I stay calm. And I've started, you know, I've taught that to my kids too. Like, okay, take a deep breath with me. Okay. In two, three, out two, three, four, yeah. five, six. So, you know, teaching, teaching that is one of my favorite kind of little it's so simple, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Now we're all already breathing, right? So let's just do it a little differently and see if it changes our headspace. I like to rely on the mirror neurons that are happening in the people around me. So if I see them go into that anxious space, I'll do it too. Well, not, not the anxious space, but the breathing. I'll, it's, like, it's like I'm breathing for them. I bring it up. I'll calibrate with them. I'll breathe a little bit heavy and then too fast and then... And like you're saying, we let it all out, that big and longer exhale. And that's the process of transformation. That's the process of letting it go and letting things shift and coming back to your center. Um, I calibrate with babies too. When they're huffing and puffing and wailing, you do that with them. And I think that's so cool because, you know, when you come back to your body, you can be more in touch with what somebody else's body. So as, as a new mom, when you are in your body after what it's already gone through, through the birthing process, and you know, like all sorts of new things are happening, you still have your breath. So keep doing that. Keep coming back to that. I love that you use breath work. That's amazing. Can, Amber, can you kind of explain how you do that with babies? Like, do you just match their breathing and then when you take a deep breath, they follow you? Or is it your deep breath sort of calms them? Um, so I put them up like in the cradle position where you have their little bum seated in your hand. And I put them right with my uh, their little head by my neck. And then I'll hum or shush. 
I won't shush now because, well, I'm just baby. Who knows if you guys are juicy? Um, so while I'm holding the little bum up by like my collarbone and their head is by my neck, you and they're wailing, wham, 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 shh, 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 and I'm doing a deep diaphragmatic breath. Like I am squeezing my ribs and my intercostal muscles together and I'm really pushing air out. And new parents are like, whoa, oh my God, don't do that to my baby spirit. Don't they not like that? No, they love it. Watch. And then once they give me a pace, like they've set the, the, how fast they're wailing or their, their, you know, frequency, then I calibrate to that, match that, and then I'll intercept it. So they're going, wah, wah, wah. And I go, shh, 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 shh. Um, and the other thing I would add to that is you can even um, like gently pat their bottom or the back of their thigh mm -hmm. with that bottom hand that's cradling them to mirror your mm -hmm. own vocal shushing. And that's what I did, especially mm -hmm. my older kid loved having you know that rhythmic padding and again you mm -hmm. start by mirroring them and then you slow it down and you slow it down and slow it down until they're in a calmer state and it because you're mirroring it in multiple ways and triggering different parts of their mm -hmm. body and their different senses it you know the the tapping gets them to stop thinking about how loud they're being it gets them out of you know that other sense and starts getting them to focus on a different sense yeah absolutely and being a baby in fact being a human is a full body experience and so we just get to usher them into a calmer experience and that's our job is to guide them and to support them through those moments of discomfort and uh I guess the, the biggest thing I could, could recommend to, to new parents is learn soothing techniques. And the first part of learning that is asking yourself, how do I soothe myself? How do I cope? How do I deal when things get sticky, when, when emotions arise that are not fun to deal with? When I'm in a tricky situation, I'm in a high stakes conversation. What goes through my body? Like what? What signs start to flash and what things do I hear? And then how can I shift things for myself? Instead of maybe just coping, like how can I shift things in a, in a healthier route to be more in tune with my body, be more in tune with the experience, to continue making progress towards whatever my goal was? I actually find it kind of fascinating when parents will say oh you know you shouldn't you shouldn't nurse the baby when they're crying or when they're upset you should only do it when they're hungry and I'm like when I'm upset I want to eat that helps calm me down like that makes me feel better if I'm upset I want to be held or you know be close to somebody that I care and I love about when I'm upset I want to you know listen to good noises and for a baby that's your voice they want to hear you talking or singing or, you know, any kind of vocalizations that you make. They are fascinated by it. That's very comforting for them. So how can you how can you bring those things to your baby's life? How can you give them comfort even when, you know, you may not understand why they're upset? You you can't speak their language. Like you said, it's like, you know, they're speaking a foreign language. They are because they don't know how to 
they don't know how to communicate any other way with us. Um, and so, you know, it is trial by error. And over time we learn, you know, oh, you know, they probably want this. It's that time of day. Or, mm -hmm. you know, some parents swear that they can understand the different cries that their kids make. I never could. But you just start to get an intuition for what your kid needs. But give yourself time to get there. Give yourself time to let that intuition kind of take yes. over. And kind of going back to the self-soothing or the not self, but the soothing thing is that's actually really important during the pregnancy as well. Because when you bring yourself down during a stressful, stressful situation, your baby learns how to do it too. So they learn that they already learn even in the womb, stressors happen, and then they're then the stressor is released and relieved and over. So learning that in the womb, when you calm yourself they learn how to calm themselves now for people who are constantly stressed and don't have and don't have that ability to calm themselves you kind of need to learn that try to learn that before you get pregnant because you want your baby to learn that stressors happen and then they go away mm -hmm. and that cycle mm -hmm. of emotion and that it can be released um, is very important. And then, of course, using sound, like Elle said, you know, you can sit, you sing to your baby when they're in the womb and they recognize your voice. So, um, Elle, we talked about before about having a song for your baby. And for Elle, it was, for um, Elle's oldest, it was Golden Girls. Uh, no, Gilmore Girls. Oh, sorry, Gilmore Girls. Sorry, Golden. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> My bad. Gilmore Girls. And so outside, after, after the birth, they recognized that song. Yeah, absolutely. We have the ability to use sound, we have the ability to use touch, our breath, um, how you, uh, how warm you keep a baby, you know, if they're cold, they're going to be pissed off. I have never met a baby that likes to be cold. I don't like to be cold. So, you know, keep those little ones warm, not too warm, but warm, you know, because they get cold. They're going to tell you they don't like this. So... Amber, how can we help parents leverage their strengths? I think the best way for us to leverage our strength is to know what we want to see happen, to be flexible with how it happens, and to be ready to step into these new roles, uh, these new tasks, and, and try new things like changing a diaper there is no task that is too big or too small. And sometimes just sitting and having a cup of tea with a new parent, silent even, just breathing next to someone can be the most beneficial thing that could happen for them in that day. I love that. Tea is always the most beneficial yeah. thing that happens in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just existing in space is is definitely important for i mean not just for new parents but for anyone um it really kind of helps bring everything down. especially if you have, you have someone who's on the same wavelength as you that moment of just ah, is great <laughs> mm -hmm. absolutely it's finding your wavelength so amber what is your dream for the birth community Ooh, i want us to get real I want us to have real talk all the time. That's what I would like to see. I would also really like to see um, more uh, care providers in the birth community 
um, uh, BIPOC uh, care providers that are spotlight, uh, spotlit, spotlighted. I've been saying that all sorts of wrong. I want to see them in the spotlight, honestly, because in America, the maternal health rate um, of BIPOC uh, mothers is it, it's appalling. Like, so we need to come alongside one another. Part of why I love doing what I do is because it is like old tribal wisdom, interpersonal skills, and and you know really just beautifying a relationship and beautifying somebody's uh, uh, process as they transition in life. And if you don't have the family nearby, you're not going to get that. So nobody, no mom should be alone for this. This is new. Uh, uncharted territory for them and so we have to support them and I would really love to see in the birth community um, the the craziness that happens during birth normalized across the board that we all know that we all go through this this is a human experience it doesn't just happen on television where you know you're running for that taxi cab or uber and the baby pops out in the backseat that's not how this goes this is, this is a real human experience and it's deep and it's gritty and we have to be there. So anyone who's listening to this, if you are a black indigenous person of color, if you are a member of the LGBTQ community, we would love to have you on the show. Like that is something that we are super open about yeah. and something that um, was one of our pillars here on the show of what we wanted to help support and uplift and bring to the spotlight. Um, if you want to come on and share your birth story, we are always looking for more people to come and share their birth stories. If you are a birth worker, we want to talk to you. What are you passionate about? Come on, share it with us, share it with our listeners. We want to celebrate you. We want to talk about you and your work and what you do and let the community know that you're here and that this is what you offer and you do and you're passionate about that's so cool so amber what is one thing you will do for yourself this coming week oh my self-care mm, this week mm. um well you know i have this funny list posted um in my kitchen of like random things and it was supposed to be like a, i'm gonna do this every day kind of stuff and then it became like if i get two things on it i'm happy um and one of the things what uh, that's actually on my list is is uh, supporting Bi um, BIPOC in in the birth world. And so I've made four new friends this week. I'm really excited. I actually I think I just placed one in a job. Um, another thing on that list uh, nice. was yeah, right. So cool. So um, the other thing on the list is uh, watch the sunset. And uh, I'm going to snuggle my grandma because I get to hang out with her before I go and depart to take care of those triplets. And so we're going to have a cuddle and a cup of tea and watch the sunset here. Oh, that's so lovely. That's, that sounds that's so, so nice. Wonderful. So before we let you go, where can everyone find you and connect with you? Instagram, your website, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, across the board, I'm Amber Loves Babies. And it's spelled B-A-B-I-E-S, plural of babies, and A-M-B-E-R is my name. So on Instagram, at sign Amber Loves Babies, and 
put a Gmail at the end, it'll end up in my inbox. It's uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah. And my website.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us, Amber. We loved having you on and talking all about leveraging our strengths with you. It was so great to have you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here and doing this. And I'm so happy we're neighbors. (laughs) we do try to focus on birth workers in the LA and Orange County area San Diego as well Southern California so thank you so much for coming on and for our listeners we'll see you next time guys bye bye thank you so much for joining us here on birth reimagined if you'd like to join our Facebook community you can find us there at birth reimagined family and if you'd like to join our email list you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and makes sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.